Invasion. On the outside looking, and he wanted it. Welcome back yet again to the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Bibbins on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, as well, Maurice Williams at Minder Reese. Reese, how you doing? Uh doing good. Uh I feel rejuvenated, re-energized right now. Uh got some food in my system. I'm ready to go. All right, just try not to smack too much in the mic during the podcast. That, that won't be good. I'll mute it. I'll mute it. I'll mute it. <laughs> All right, and it is the end of the month, folks. So that means it's time for another Mavs Outsiders panel. Uh, we do have three guests yet again. Uh, very excited about this group right here. Uh, first of all, SJ Basketball. Uh, ran across SJ on Twitter. I don't remember how or why, and I'm usually pretty good with that. But uh, definitely, immediately, uh, one of my favorite follows on the timeline right now. SJ, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Appreciate that, Ben. What's good, everybody? So, SJ, uh, I, I don't know much about you. I don't think anybody really does. <laughs> I, think I was about you, to say that. <laughs> I think you said yeah, you were. Yeah, I got that mysterious vibe. Huh? <laughs> I mean, if you're leading into it, I don't want you to expose too much. But uh, I think I saw that you said you were a Dirk fan before you were a Mass fan. So give a little bit of your background with the Mass fandom. Oh, yeah. Basically, I just came across Dirk. I don't even know how, but really liked his game. So I was kind of gravitated to, you know, whatever team he was on. That was the Mass. And I'm here now. I'm in New York. So I'm a Mass fan in New York. That was my next question. I was um, I was going to ask if you were from Texas. So y'all outside as well. Welcome. Awesome. So uh, what year would you say it was that you became like a Dirk slash Mavs fan? The championship year, actually. I, di- I didn't even realize. Before or after? During, like. Okay. Yeah. In the middle of the season. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's actually a few people I know that came in around that time. Uh, I mean, that's perfect time, and you didn't get to suffer through all the stuff that some of us did. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Glenn is our second guest. That's Glenn Jr. 1988. Uh, Glenn is a Mavs Twitter OG. Uh, I remember you from back in the early days. Uh, on a different account, I'm not, I'm not sure what happened there, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get into that. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, uh, Glenn. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's my first time on a podcast, so I definitely appreciate y'all having me on here. Um, originally, I was Glenn Junior. '88, but uh, I got into it with a, a Lucas Stan. We had some choice <laughs> words back and forth, and uh, they uh, <laughs> they locked you know my account. Serious. You know, it was serious <laughs> when a nigga say we had choice words. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, what happened was the, the original account, I created it when I was in college. So I set it up with my college email. Gotcha. And in order to get that account back, I have to reset it through my college email. But oh, uh, I don't have that, obviously. That was yeah. <laughs> years ago. So they I had to create a new down. account. Yeah, they shut those yeah. down quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not paying but, us no but more. But yeah, nah. So I'm back on Glenn Jr. 1988. Yeah, I've been on Mavs Twitter for a while. So I just found out that you were an outsider. Uh, has that always been the case, or is that something that changed? 
No, I've always been an outsider. Um, so originally I was I was born in Florida. I grew up in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Um, you know, I lived in Bronx for a little bit. I moved to Rhode Island, which is where I live now. When I went to college, I went to Johnson Lewis University. You know, that's when this is where my kids live. So I just made Rhode Island home. So definitely outsider. Never even been to Texas. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, as far as like Mavs fandom, I've been. I started becoming a Mavs fan back in like oh one. It was that uh Utah Mavericks series mm-hmm. when the Mavericks beat them. I'm pretty sure that was the old one um playoff series. And ever since then, big Dirk fan, big Steve Nash fan, Michael Finley, you know. And but I grew up just heavy basketball fan. My parents, my mom was a Chicago Bulls fan. She loved Michael Jordan. And um uh, we always watched like the Bulls Knicks games because my parents are Jamaican, Patrick Ewan is Jamaican, so they always had to watch those games. So yeah, so I was big into basketball, Michael Jordan fan, but definitely 01 when I say my fandom started with the Mavericks. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let me see here. And then finally, <laughs> our third <laughs> guest came in clutch, like Luca. Uh DMP the first. And first of all, DMP, if it's been mentioned before on this podcast, but uh, he's kind of the reason this podcast exists because <laughs> both Reese and I were both about to do our own individual Mavs podcast, but DMP put it out there. It was like, you know, we need, we need a black voice of the Mavs like team tandem. Um, and, you know, me and Reese already had good chemistry from working together previously. So, I mean, it just came together from there. So thank you for that. First of all, and welcome to the podcast. Man, I appreciate it, brother. No, I, uh, Man, you know, I, I thank y'all for welcoming, welcoming me. I follow both of y'all on Twitter, and I'm happy y'all did this because I, I, this was needed, man. You know, God bless the other podcasts, the other platforms, but let's just say they all, from a demographic standpoint, their hosts probably look and sound the same. And I think this was definitely something that was needed because Dallas is a very you know, it's a diverse city. We we not all guys from the suburbs, if you will. You can say it. <laughs> We're not all white dudes from the suburbs of Dallas. <laughs> you definitely, uh, you definitely played the Nick Fury role, though. Right, yeah. right. right. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we tried to have, uh, like, even in the first the first panel we did, we brought you know two locals from Oak Cliff onto the pod because you know yeah. uh i feel like that's a part of the, the city that gets very overlooked when you look at you know media and whatnot definitely 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 um uh full disclosure uh i'm technically i live in dallas now i'm not originally from dallas i uh my family was in the military i don't know how familiar y'all are with uh, there's a military base here called Fort Hood. Yep. My, my folks are originally from Michigan. That's why y'all see me ranting about the Lions and the, the Mavericks. And okay. uh, we moved to, uh, we moved to Texas when I was, what, six? And the Mavs was a local team, man. I just kind of <laughs> rock with them. So, you know, my dad is the biggest Piston fan in the world. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so I, I followed him as a kid. But, man, it was some. I, I just rock with the Mavs. It's just one of those things I picked up and I never put them down. That's very interesting because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard it on the pod or if I've said it here before because I'm on so many pods, I just lose track. I'm actually a military kid myself. 
Okay. And okay, I, my, cool. my dad was stationed at Fort Hood for four years as well. So. Wow. Actually, I did not catch that. That's funny, man. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. And that's how I became a Mavs fan, too, because uh, that year, like same age, I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uncle got me a Jason Kidd rookie jersey uh, the year he was drafted. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was that, like 75? Man, look. Hey, okay, Mike, you, know, you, know, you know what's funny, man? I, I listen and I, you know, I follow all y'all on Twitter. And I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but I guarantee I'm older than all y'all. So uh, <laughs> I put it to you like this. Like, I cried when we got popped by the Lakers in the 88. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The eight, no, my fault. It was the 89 Western Conference Finals because then they, the Lakers <laughs> then went and beat my dad's team. No, that was right. 88. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. they, went, uh, they went and beat my dad's team in 88. So they beat. I still hate the Lakers to this day off that. Real talk. <laughs> oh, so you've been through a lot more than I have. I mean, oh, I'm... yeah, man. It, it, you know, shoot, yeah. I'm, I'm leaning up on 40. I ain't there yet, but I'm close. Yeah. I was born in 88. <laughs> yeah, me too. Right, right. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for keeping on brand with it. Um, so uh, that, that was actually pretty fun on the introductions. I appreciate that. Yeah, no. uh, so let's let's get into this Mavs basketball. Uh, first thing we wanted to talk about was the games this week. And Reese, I know you've been enjoying that chicken over there, but it's time for you to talk. Uh, let's start. I've with been the chicken. I was just letting everybody introduce themselves. So. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. Uh, uh, the Wolves game, the first game of the week. Uh, what was your assessment of that game? Bullshit. that's that's it to be honest that's my assessment of a lot of the games this week but wait that was the game we won right (laughs) it feels like a long time ago Minnesota on Wednesday oh hold up don't get it twisted don't get it twisted still bullshit but I'm glad we won the game (laughs) Uh, we were playing with our food for a minute there exactly I see it in football all the time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not a fan of the Steelers. It's just a team that comes to mind. When there's a team that you should easily put away, whether we're resting players or not, we don't when we're supposed to. Luka Doncic, I don't know what happened. Like <laughs> KP showed up and Luka didn't show up. I don't know. I think uh, something came out. I think I saw it on Twitter or I was listening to it on someone's podcast about um, uh, I think someone said something about he might have gotten the second shot and he was uh, the vaccine shot. They never. uh, Well, look, God damn it. Maybe they was making up excuses for the motherfucker, but sound about right. uh, I hope that's the case. Right. I hope that's the case. Uh, But. Yeah, it's it's the Timberwolves. I said it after the game. I'm not about to applaud them for beating the Timberwolves. You should. Right. And it shouldn't have been as challenging as it was for a moment. Beat the Timberwolves, beat the team you're supposed to beat, and move on. Right. So I think for me, uh, that was probably the first game where I thought Luka looked bad in a long time. And I said it during the game that he looked 
Like he gained 15 pounds over the past like couple of days. Like he looked like he did at the beginning, like preseason and stuff like that. Like he could barely move. And so then later when they mentioned he has a back injury, I'm like, oh, maybe he, maybe he actually does. But with this team, you, you can never know um, what's going on. And then the next game, they said he had an illness. We'll get into all that later. But yeah, Luca looked like trash, basically. Uh, KP did what he was supposed to do. I'm not going to praise him for doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, we beat the Timberwolves, obviously, but I don't know. It, it, it was there were some concerning things. Uh, let, let's let's flip to the guests. Uh, SJ, let's let you start. What what did you observe in that that Wolves game? Yeah, like you said, Luca looked like really bad. Like that was definitely one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. And essentially, um, KP he ate. That's kind of what we've been, you know, asking from him. And I, I think he just likes showing up cat. He always does this against the Wolves. I don't know what it is, but he just, he likes playing the Wolves. But yeah, I'm not going to praise him for, be, for beating the Timberwolves. They need to beat the Timberwolves. And that's, that's my analysis. I didn't really get much from this way the games, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it was really a productive week for the Mavs. So. Right. Uh, what, what about you, Glenn? Anything anything you saw in that game that you liked or didn't like? Uh, I guess I'll go a different route. I mean, yeah, Luca looked terrible, but I give him a pass because he's been carrying this team the whole year. <clears throat> Porzingis definitely showed up, but uh, I guess I'll go the routes like Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, he showed up 21 points, 5 of 9, hitting threes. Like, every time I see him play now, I'm like, Mavericks, they have to resign. Like, you can't lose him. In back-to-back years, you use Curry. And then you'll lose Tim Hardaway. Like, you can't lose two shooters like that. Got to resign him. I mean, if you look at free agency, I don't see somebody that you can easily replace him with. So, definitely got to have a back. Um, Jay Rich, he had 10 points. You know, that's that lucky number. He hit double figures. They usually win. But sometimes he struggle to get there, which is a problem for your starting two guard. So, yeah. Uh, Brunson, he played well. 15 points, 11 rebounds. He was aggressive. Give him that. Uh, I know I give Dwight Powell a hard time, but he played well. <laughs> Six and eight, but yeah, they should. It's the it's the Timberwolves. You got to beat them. You can't play with your fool. And uh, yeah, that, that's the only thing I really got from that game. Oh, uh, J- I guess Jaden McDaniels. He looked pretty good defensively. I think yeah. his future is bright. Uh, he he grabbed five boards. Didn't do much on offense, but 6'9", wing player. You know, showed good things on defense. But that's all I really got from that game. Don't be praising the ops. <laughs> I mean, I wanted Jaden McDaniels in the draft too. That was one of the picks, pick eighteen thirty one. Like he probably wouldn't have played anyway for us, but right. Uh, yeah. I felt that I, I get into out. that later. <laughs> I get into that later, but yeah, yeah. You know, Jalen Noel was one of the guys on my list, so I, I was glad yeah. to see him get a couple shots off on us. Uh, I think he had eleven off the bench, but. Yeah. Yeah, Jaden McDaniels did a great job on Luca. Um, I want to praise him, but at the same time, Luca just didn't look good overall. So it's like, I don't know how much credit to give him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, DMP, uh, what did you think? What did you see in that game? Yeah, I mean, it, it was what it was. Uh, I think it was a, a close game, what, pretty uh-huh. much up until halfway yeah. through the third quarter. Yeah. And then we took off. And. You know, the Wolves are, I, I do believe they still have the worst record in the NBA. It's just, come on now. We, we need to do better than that. Um, I'm always going to be happy with a, with a win. It ended up being a 20-point win. And 
I mean, I, for, as far as my takeaway, I know it was total garbage time, and I know it was a very, very small sample size, but I saw Tyler Bay and the rookies give energy, and hell, they can run and jump, which is more than some of the players ahead of them. I know we're going to get into this later, but I just don't understand how they can't fit in the rotation, but we can get in that later. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the last thing I'll say about this game is when Luka wasn't doing much early on, the team made a shift towards force feeding KP, and I was glad to see them make that shift versus Luka trying to force his game, which has at times been an issue. So I think we covered that one pretty good. So let's get into these L's we took this week. (laughs) Well, wait, let me follow up on something that Glenn said. I do want to shout out Tim because I've noticed every single time we sit Luca or we sit KP or we sit both, Tim steps up. So I can't believe I'm saying this live. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I would like Tim Hardaway Jr. back in the Mavs jersey next year. Wasn't he your unsung hero last week? Yeah, it's getting spooky out here. I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, he cut. He cuts into the lead. <laughs> he cuts into the lead every time. I feel like they go down early in the first quarter. He come in, bring it back. So it, it'll be tough to let him walk. Too much Timmy love going on for me. I gotta relax. You gotta get used to it. He getting that three four year deal next year. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, SJ. Did you have something to add there? I, you know, I've gone back and forth. <laughs> it's a really toxic relationship if you ask me but um i'm i'm all in with timmy right now oh man we gotta bring him back i'm all in i'm all in that's where i'm at right now uh, it's, i'm close i'm very very close uh, i've been tired of looking at him for a long time it just goes back to his days on the knicks when i was watching them uh, so he's got a little bit more work for me but uh if he finishes the year the way he's rolling right now i'll be in on that boat too Without seeing the playoffs. Without seeing the playoffs. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's the real ticket. All right. So, Pacers game. Luka, back injury, allegedly. Uh, can't trust anything this team says, so we'll call Actually, it Actually, I was thinking his back probably ain't hurt. They probably just sitting him. But I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't spend too much energy on that. Whatever they say, I'm going to just accept it. And but then we got to consider how, how, how bad he's been carrying his team. So, his back probably really isn't. <laughs> Man, look, I, I'm not doing this for you now. Luca's back was hurt. <laughs> he did not play. <laughs> so that meant Brunson starting against the Pacers, uh, who, who just got Karis LeVert back, and they're trying to make a push towards the end of the season. Everybody tried to make it sound like they were going to blow it up at the trade deadline, but they did not. Uh, and the Pacers came out and took care of business against us without our star uh, how how are you guys feeling in that game? We're gonna work in the reverse order this time. Let's let's start with Dwight. Yeah, man. I I mean, it was it was a competitive game. You know, it was back and forth the whole time. Um, you know, I know the Pacers are on the outside looking in in the Eastern Conference playoffs, but if you look at the team that they ran out there, what was that Wednesday night or Friday night? Right. I mean, they probably are top to bottom more talented than we are, right? So, I, I, it was a competitive game. I like that the guys fought. 
if you remove the whole anger about Luke and I playing, I mean, I think the guys did as much as they can do. I think when you take a team like uh, Indiana, they got TJ McConnell, and for better or for worse, he's, he harasses people. That's why he's in the league. Mm-hmm. And you take our team, if Luca is the only dude that really can consistently beat a dude off the dribble comfortably. And I, I think you saw you know, the problems that we have with a secondary ball handler rears his ugly head. Um, I don't know how many turnovers Jalen and, and Jay Rich had off the top of my head, but I just distinctly remember them. And I freak, what's my man's, uh, uh, Trey, I, I just remember those guys, like you watch them dealing with that pressure. It's like, do we really, 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 really need a secondary playmaker, a secondary ball handler? I think it's, uh, in my opinion, we need that more than a rebounder and a big. Like, that's the glaring yeah. hole on the roster right now. And I think T.J. McConnell pretty much exposed that. Yeah, that's that's a very, very fair assessment. Um, I agree. I'm, I'm not going to jump in here. Did you want to start? you have something to add, Reese? I mean, uh, he kind of said what I was going to say as far as the secondary ball handler. Right. Um, the thing is, and we'll get into this with the trade deadline, it's not really anyone out there that we can trade for that is going to help us drastically, realistically. So just going to have to make do with what we have and pray that, you know, <laughs> the players that we have can play their roles correctly or pray that Rick decides to, you know, experiment uh, with the rookies a bit. I mean, I know Tyrell Terry is a turnover machine, but try something for Christ's sake, because clearly what we're doing isn't the best that we can put out on the court. And if it is, then the season is a wash. I am going to have something to add on that, but again, I'm going to let the guests take it first. Uh, Glenn, what were your observations in that Pacers game? Uh, I mean, Porzingis, he played aggressive. I mean, his shooting percentages wasn't that great, but, you know, 31 points, 18 rebounds. He was aggressive. That's what I like to see. He actually played like a big. But Pacers, they just have too much firepower for what Mavericks had. They, Sabonis, 22-15. Brogdon, McDermott, they were like 10-17 from three. Miles Turner locking down the paint, seven blocks. Like, it was – the talent level was obvious. Yeah. You know, the difference in in favor of Indiana. So, like, it just shows you, like, without Luka, like, this team, like, it's it's not that great. And then you have somebody like uh, T.J. McConnell, McConnell coming in and just causing so many turnovers. It felt like he had 10 steals. I know he lead the league in steals, but it was just – it was hard to watch. Like, they definitely need that <laughs> ball handler. And I know we'll get into later about, you know, offseason targets and trades or whatever, but they need that person. And uh, Jay Rich is not that guy. He's not the ball handler you're looking for in that lineup, and they, they got to make some changes. Yeah, that too. All right. Okay. SJ, what, what do you got? Yeah, I I want to talk about KP. He, I was low-key, like, he played great, and he played like a big, but I was low-key salty watching him play like that because that just shows me it's, it's effort a lot of the time. And if, if he's not, maybe if he's not getting his touches, he, he doesn't really feel energized to go all out like that. But I think when we have the two stars on the court, we need to see this level of energy from KP. Pretty much for us to have a chance 
to win anything. Okay. And see, this is where what happened in the bubble makes me even more mad about where we're at right now because I feel like he was doing that in the bubble. Like, they had good chemistry. They were clicking. Like, they were having fun. Like, all those shots of Luca throwing him lobs and reacting before he got it and stuff like that. Like, it looked like the future was bright and they were going places, but he gets hurt. He misses time. And now he comes back and they act like they've never played together before again. Like, we're starting all the way over. The Ural enemies, that's what I like to call them. <laughs> they, they don't, they really don't look like they like playing with each other. And that's, that's a little concerning to me. I know everyone, you know, we joke around about it, but it, it, it should come of a little bit of a concern. I think it's a trust issue. I don't think they trust each other on the court, mm. especially with Luca handling the ball. Mm. I, I, don't even like each other, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it, I hope they can figure it out. Yeah, I think Luca, like you said, I, I think Luca doesn't trust KP to get it done. Um, and I think KP doesn't trust Luca to give him a chance. Like it's it's kind of going both ways. Like KP's like, is he gonna give me the ball? And then he's like, when he does, now I gotta prove that like he's doing he feels like the rookies feel when they get on the court dealing with Rick yeah. is how it looks to me. Um, like when he does something good and then like reacts, like I feel like he's reacting for Luca. Like, hey, see, look, I can do it. <laughs> um, and that's sad. That's that's a no, that's disappointing. Um, now I did want to hit on some stuff a couple of y'all said. First thing was the experiment with the rookies on the, the playmaking. I think that was you, Reese. Um, Josh Green in the bubble, I mean not in the bubble, yeah, in the in the G League bubble was doing a lot of pick and roll ball handling and was having a lot of big assist games. And people like the oh, it's the G League, it's not the same blah 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 but i'm watching moses brown do the same exact stuff he was doing in the g league bubble and there are several other guys having similar success kevin porter jr scoring about the same amount of points as he was scoring in the bubble i'm not saying it's the same but if he was at having eight nine assists in the bubble he could probably handle the ball a little bit and distribute but rick's not giving him the opportunities even when he does play he's just sitting in the corner um I think that was part of his game coming out of college. And by not letting him have the opportunity to do it, I feel like we're holding him back. My thing about the G League bubble thing is when people say uh, it's the G League, they can't do they can't do what they did down there in the NBA. They're capable of doing whatever they did in the G League in the NBA. They just may not be able to do it at a highest Same level as, well. as they did in the G League. They can right. still do it. They don't lose their skill once they get to the NBA. Right. Like I'm sure he'll he it won't be as fluid. But again, if you if, if I gotta watch Trey Burke and Brunson and Josh Richardson miss cutters and wide open looks that people should have that they can't see or can't make the pass, Josh Green could do just as bad as them. And I, I won't feel any worse for it. At least I know that he has something to build on where they are what they are pretty much right now. I feel the same way about uh, Tyler Bay. Like when you see Dwight Howell, I mean, Dwight Powell playing, it's like <laughs> Tyler Bay can do everything that Dwight Powell can do post Achilles injury. 
But the only yep. difference is Tyler Bay can actually play defense and attack rebounds, not with his elbows. Like he can actually <laughs> rebound. You know what I mean? So like, why not give him a chance? Like he can, right. he goes attacks the boards above the rim. He <laughs> like you're never going to build confidence in these rookies if you don't give them a chance to fail and learn from it. If you remember, when we got Jalen Brunson in right. the summer league. He looked terrible. I was like, this guy. <laughs> but with you know, they play him a little bit here and there, and he builds his confidence. Like exactly. it's, it's it's frustrating when you don't give these guys a chance. And when you do give them a chance, you put them on the court with Boban, and all they're doing <laughs> is dumping it off to Boban. No, take them off, take Boban off, and let these kids run. They're athletic. That's why you draft them. Exactly. Uh, and the last thing about that Bay thing, like I've been waiting for somebody to say that they can't play Bay in Powell's role because Powell's like they need his size. Like, show me a clip of White Powell bodying somebody. Like for real, <laughs> that's not even a concern. Um, and we're gonna get into. I mean, we're kind of touching on it. We'll get back to it later. Um, but anything else that anybody wanted to add from that Pacers game specifically, or should we move on to the Pelicans? Oh God, Pelicans! <laughs> oh man, move on to the Pelicans. Move on to the Pelicans. Yeah. Right. Pass the Pelicans. Yeah. Right. Reese, hop in there. What, what you got to say about the pills? Did you hear my last statement? I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I said, can we move past the Pelicans? Because oh, Jesus Christ, Zion, Jerome, Bettis. <laughs> why are we talking about this? Why, why are we talking about this? Why we? I feel like. We shouldn't care about this game if the Mavs didn't care about this game. Mm. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Can you know I get a whip? Yeah. No. Say, that, say that again. I don't think they heard you. Say that again. <laughs> Why should we, brother, sisters, mm. why should we care about this game, Father? Oh, Preach. Lord. Preach. If yeah. the Mavs didn't care about this game, Father, can I get a whip? I'm gonna hey, keep man. it. A bu- I'm gonna keep it a buck. <laughs> I watch every single Mavs games, no matter how bad we are. But I was so hot when neither one of them played that Luka and KP didn't play. I said I'm not watching this game on a matter of general principle. But <laughs> my boy texted me. It was like Tim is going off. So I was like, all right, let me go ahead and watch it real quick. I watched the second half. I watched the second half. I did turn away like briefly during the game, but. I, I ended up coming back. The, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you have a podcast. I felt like I needed to be informed, but man, uh, I feel like you did, Reese. You know, they they decided that Luca had to sit, and they changed his his injury designation. Initially, it was his back in, against the Pacers. Now they're saying he's sick, and so now I'm I'm wondering, was his back ever hurt? Um, I'm not gonna put too much energy into it because it's worth a, a waste of time with this team, but. Uh, but yeah, Luca's out. KP's resting on a back to back. I've accepted that part of it. But this team is not good enough to beat almost any team in the league. I mean, we lost to the Thunder that way. So it is hard to get up for a game like that. Somebody has to maybe refresh my memory. But I've never been aware of a team that's the seventh seed fighting for a playoff spot that's like, eh. We can rest. That's usually like top two, three seeds, right? Yeah, man. Definitely. Okay, cool. Got it. Just was making sure I wasn't tripping. When I I will say, and let me me be clear, let me preface this by saying I do not defend the Mavericks front office or coaching staff. (laughs) I do think there's a decent chance Luka is actually hurt based on what we saw in Minnesota. 
Right. That's the last game we saw him play. But he's been looking a little gimpy, low-key, even in games he's been cooking. And I think it is possible that he's legitimately hurt, and they just don't want to alert the masses. That KP situation, yeah, I, I can't explain it. In my mind, when we traded for KP and gave him that bag, I maybe it was because it happened the same year Kawhi was doing the load management thing right. in Toronto. But I just assumed that the entirety of that contract, KP was going to be on the Kawhi Toronto load management schedule. So I maybe I'm not, I'm just, I hate to say it, I just expect it at this point. It just, if it's a back to back, KP's not playing. And Luca might actually be hurt. Now, yeah. we can get into it later because there's a reason why we, got washed two games in a row with, you know, KP not playing one game and Luca not playing either. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it is what it is. This roster is what it is at this point. Okay. Well, yeah, it's past the trade deadline. Literally it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. We, we, can get, we, can get, we can get mad, but it's just, it is what it is. P.S. If anyone from the mass front office is listening to this, Austin Rivers is a free agent. If we need someone to handle the Not ball, for much longer. <laughs> nah, he's going to Milwaukee. Yeah, he's he going to Milwaukee. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Disregard that. Of course, they <laughs> want to bring chase. We're not. We're not good. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. There's so, and I think I'm gonna use this opportunity to move to the the, the topic of Luca wrestling. So. I'm with you, DMP. Uh, I, I agree. I think there's a possibility that Luca really is hurt. Uh, our front office thinks they're smarter than everybody, so they don't actually tell us when our players are hurt. Uh, I think somebody brought up the Seth Curry when they pretended he didn't have a stress fracture for two months. And his leg was just sore. <laughs> right. He ended up not playing at all, ever. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, who, who are y'all trying to trick? Like, what advantage are we gaining competitively by pretending he's not hurt for real? If that's the case, um, I, I just don't understand the logic. But so let's say maybe he's not being rested in these games, but he has been rested in the past this year. Um, Glenn, do you have any thoughts on the idea of resting Luca during this year? I mean, if he's actually hurt right now, cool. I have I'm skeptical about it because it's a mass for office. And I really don't trust anything they say. But based on that Minnesota game, he might be a little gimpy, just the way he was running. I noticed when he was coming up to court, he would give the ball up a lot and just right. be kind of jogging up. So he might actually be hurt. Like, I was salty about it when he didn't play. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's hurt. Now, when they're just resting him just to rest him, sometimes that is a little frustrating because, you know, you want to get out of that seven seed. You want to get to that six so you're not in that playing tournament. And they're, they're just not talented enough to win these games without him. So... It's, just, it's frustrating, but I mean, it's a shortened season, a lot of back to back, so games with just one day rest. But I don't know, it, it, it's tough, it's tough. But and also, too, you got to think about it they're playing these short rotations. Lucas' minutes are high, and you know, if you're not going to explain that rotation, that that it's it might come back to haunt you in the end, like it, all yeah. that mileage on Lucas. So, I mean, I know he's young, but he's doing a lot of carrying for this team. <laughs> Okay, I can respect that, and uh, I think I'll, I might have to come back to that. But, SJ, do you have any thoughts on the idea of resting? Yeah, well, I'm I'm never going to be okay with resting a 22-year-old in his 
third season, <laughs> especially despite what um, fans keep trying to tell us, he, he does not have a major injury his, history. I saw um, that. I was, like, I was so confused. I don't know what they were I, talking about. I don't know where they got that from, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll never be okay with that because to me, I think the Mavs and the Mavs front office, I think they lack a little bit of um, self-awareness. Mm. And um, without Luca, this team they they can barely score 100 points <laughs> in the NBA in 2021. <laughs> like they, I think the last Pelicans game here was the first time this season that they cracked 100 points without Luca. So um, Luca is the offense. So when he says, "I don't think you're putting out a competitive basketball product," and for a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, that's a little appalling to me. So um. Yeah, I mean, if they don't care, I'm I'm not gonna care. As we said, they don't care. I don't care. And and I like that you brought up the the lack of self awareness because I think that's something that I've kind of started to push as well. Is that they they act like they're a team that they're not. They act like they're the Lakers or the Bucks or somebody. Like they're just at the top of the league. They have nothing to to work toward. Um, and I think that what they're doing, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Um, with the league how it is, with us not being able to sign free agents, we have to show that we can put a competitive team on the court every night, that we're getting better. It feels like the team is just banking on Luka getting better, and that means that the team is going to get better, and they don't care about what they put around him. Um, When you look at what Atlanta did with going out and signing whatever free agents they could get their hands on, uh, a team like Detroit doing the same thing, like, when you show you're serious, you're throwing money around, you're bringing in guys, and you're you're trying to compete, free agents pay attention to that. When you're just bringing in riffraff and sliding it around your star, it looks like you're trying to find accessories for your star, and, and nobody wants to go into that situation willingly. Um, so I think, what, like I said, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot with that. We're shooting ourselves in the foot with coasting at this 7-8 seed range, and uh, I think it's going to have long-term implications for, for this team. If the Mavs don't give a shit, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, you, you know, the weird thing is, and this is something that I, I really can't wrap my mind around. When Cuba first bought the team, bro, he spent it. He acquired it. He didn't care how it fit, how reasonable the fit was, <laughs> what their contract was. If they were better than the players we had, he traded for them. He right. ate, he took, we had the, I believe from 2000, 2010, I think we had the second highest payroll next to the Knicks, ironically enough. Yep. In the entire decade for that league, Cuba didn't care. If it was an incremental upgrade and it was an extra $5 million a year, he spent it. Right. And you look at it like Dirk, I mean, Dirk won a playoff series in his third year because Cuban didn't care. He went all in right away. Right. I know we only won one championship, but I just I'm really confused at why we we just I, like is his money funny now? <laughs> like seriously, like what I, we don't. There's been you know we we spoke about it before the pod started. Julius Randall. There's a long list of players that weren't quote unquote perfect fits that right. were obtainable that you know, maybe would have cost a couple extra dollars, but they were obtainable. The opportunity cost was nothing but Cuban's money. 
you know, there's no player we would have lost in our current rotation for acquiring them. And we just said, no, nah, we good continually. And I yeah. just, it doesn't make sense to me because there's a, it'd be, if he was always cheap or always like this, <laughs> I would get it. But this is not, he has a track record of not behaving like this. Okay. And you know what? You just made me think of something. And Reese, in a minute, we're going to go up to that, uh, this trade deadline talk. So cue up that, uh, that quote, but I think that that is a big part of what's going on with this fan base, what you just said. And uh, like, I already made a distinction between the OG fans and like the newer fans, whereas the OG fans, we, we saw that that Cuban that was throwing money around getting whoever, like the most randomest Keith Van Horn, Karab Butler, Antoine <laughs> Jameson, like whoever we could get our hands on was coming in. Right. Nick Van Exel, all them players. Yeah. yeah, like we were getting them. We didn't care, you know, how they fit or where they were going to fit. Like, if you're a name, you can hoop a little bit, come play with the Mavericks. And it was that, that, that Antoine Walker year. Bro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they had Dirk, Antoine Walker, and Anton Jameson all on the same team. <laughs> but no reason. Right. <laughs> but it was a fun decade of basketball, man. And, exactly. and we believed in our owner that he was going to do whatever he had to do. To, to get us to the next level and that just stopped after we won the championship yeah um and then a, a lot of these fans came in after that and they they're just so patient and willing to just not do anything for so long it's getting real annoying yeah. and that goes back to two years ago like when they had the cap space and that's when they re-signed dorian and maxi like you should have took the opportunity to use that cap space and get useful useful players and then go over the cap and spend some money like you used right. to to re-sign maxi and dorian Using the cap to sign those them two players, like I think that's where they really messed up. And you see that now, like with Luca take time, time off. If they use the, that cap space properly, when Luca misses games like now, at least you would have had some type of real talent in these games. But that goes back to maybe he being cheap and he doesn't want to pay the luxury tax. And, and to to emphasize that point, Glenn, even if whatever player they sign, even if that dude didn't fit, even if he didn't work talent always has value in the league right exactly so you can just trade you can trade it uh harrison barnes who we obviously let walk for nothing bro if sacramento he was making pretty much the same money he made here and if sacramento wanted to trade him they could have got at least the first so even if it didn't work we that's, that's an asset yeah uh you know i don't want to step on a segment i think we're gonna get into later but um D'Angelo Russell, I'm not even a D'Lo fan, but <laughs> Buddy had value to Minnesota. We, you know, you could have offered him that. Uh, that it just doesn't make sense because if you look at how we built the championship team, you you spoke on it uh, before, Bibbs. Uh, Antoine Walker was a horrible fit. I'll be honest, that team was my. That's my. Uh, even the bad teams we've had, I hate that team. I hated that team <laughs> from the depths of my soul, bro. I really did. That's if you pay attention, that was the worst season Dirk ever had in his prime oh, because man. he was out there with three power fours, right? <laughs> and um, Antoine Walker turned into Jason Terry, so it's exactly. like, bro, just acquire talent and figure that shit out later, man. Exactly. And that's what exactly what teams like the Hawks are doing, and like the Pistons and stuff like Mike. You get whatever you can get and worry about the rest later. That's why <clears throat> we went so hard about the drumming thing. Like, if yeah, you can get exactly. him in here and show that he has, like, he can be a little, little bit of a different player, 
Yeah. Like, even if it doesn't work out, like we we've done something. Like I I don't know. It's it's annoying. Bro, you could tra- even if if you traded for Drummond, and let's say we don't win a playoff series, if he just shows he's a decent player and buying in, shit, man, you can sign and trade him in all season, and you create that trade exception like Boston had. There's so many options that we we overlooked, and like I said, we're gonna transition to this trade deadline thing. We ended up with JJ Redick, quote unquote, because who knows if he's ever gonna show up, and Nicola Melli, because. I guess uh, Donnie does listen to my tweets or the podcast, and I said that if we didn't trade James Johnson at a bare minimum, I was going to be on his ass. <laughs> so that was the only thing he did, and he actually publicly acknowledged that he had to trade James Johnson um, at a bare minimum because that's literally the only reason they brought him here. Um, but Reese, play the clip, man. Play the clip. Well, this clip is the uh, – I'll play the clip. <clears throat> They didn't want to tamper with the rotation, with the uptick that we have and, you know, have a a Rondo to you know, kind of a deal um, again. So it was really uh, the pieces that would fit together with what we have. Um, We felt JJ was um, just a a really good fit. Melly for the reasons that I laid out, Um, you know, in terms of, you know, up front, it's got to be better than what we've got. So you guys know some of the names that are out there right now. Um, you know, again, are those players that are going to get flushed out into the, the marketplace? Are they an upgrade over what we have? And then again, you have to take the, you know, these guys are free agents. Okay. And so um, they're going to go to a place where they can play. Uh, they're basically in their contract year. So minutes are really important. And minutes are tough. I mean, minutes are tough right now with the, the lineup that we have. So it's kind of a, it's got to fit for the players. It's got to fit for us and where we're at. Um, and I really don't know what uh, uh, direction we're going to go. But if we do pull the trigger on something and it's a fit for that player and his agent and minutes are right and opportunity is right, then, um, you know, we'll pull the trigger but uh again this is a, a dance where you know both parties have got to be in step cap. i'm calling cap he must have <laughs> gave that press release from a lid store because that was nothing but <laughs> bro bro I none of that was cohesive none of what he said was cohesive it made no sense he was just all over the place because he didn't know what to say because he doesn't know what he's doing Oh man, I want to punch something so bad right now. I don't know if you can hear me. I started laughing when he said, uh, Minutes are hard to come by. Uh, we already have uh, issues with minutes going. No, we don't have an issue. <laughs> the issue we have with minutes is that you're giving them to players like Dwight Powell and Trey Burke. I hadn't heard the whole quote. That is atrocious, man. I'll yeah, be honest. I never listened to it till now either. It's like I didn't listen to it until now. Be- yeah. Sheesh. I almost wish I didn't hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how bad it was. It's embarrassing. I was starting to, I told, like, I've reached a point of acceptance with the competence of this front office. So I'm, like, trying not to get mad. You know, shoot, man, I got two small children. I got more important things to be stressed about in life. But fam, come on, man. Man, this dude said... We have to look and see if it's an upgrade of what we already have. 
Bro, Dwight Powell would not be in the NBA if not for his contract. Dwight Powell is one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen grace in the NBA. <laughs> Bro, he I mean that in the most respectful way. The, the iteration of Dwight Powell we put on the floor for 18 minutes a night, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, may be the worst player in the NBA. Max I, I, go ahead. Go ahead, DMP. No, you're good, man. I, I just really like, fam, you know, I, I'm sure if we look it up, the analytics might agree with us. Like, dog, he does, he objectively does nothing well. That's not I mean, even an opinion. That's not even a hot take. Like, what does the current iteration <laughs> of Dwight Powell do well? We got players like Maxi Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith getting 30 minutes a game. Well, on championship teams, they probably get about 15 max. 15, 20. Yeah. And that's right. my problem when he says, like, the, the uptick in the starters. Like, if you're on the team and you have Maxi, Dorian, and Josh Richardson, who as soon as they dribble the ball, a lot of the times the possession is over. With the exception maybe of Jay Rich. But, like, you got to upgrade somewhere in there. And that's why I feel like, I know I discussed this on Twitter with Bibbs before, but that's why I feel like you got to get Tim Hardaway Jr. back in the starting lineup because mm-hmm. you can't – like, ever since the All-Star break, they start every game slow. Get mm-hmm. Dorian out of there. Get a, get a score in there. Add some defense on the bench with Dorian going back or if Maxie got to go back. Just switch something up. Carlisle takes too long to make an adjustment, just like he did at the beginning of the year when he was starting Dwight Powell. There was no reason Dwight off Achilles injury should have been the starting center. No team in the league would have ever started Dwight. But he takes a while. When he knows he should have started, Willie Cauley-Stein. Yes, Willie Cauley-Stein isn't the greatest center, but he's better than Dwight. At least he can play pick-and-roll defense. Like, it took him a long time to make that switch. So it's just frustrating sometimes. Like, hearing quotes like that, saying not a, another, not another Rondo situation, like, it's, it's just terrible, man. <laughs> that Rondo deal at the time, it was, I was fine with it because I'm like, all right, well, we know right. Rondo's a good passer. You know, he had the history of being a good defender prior to getting um, – I think he had towards ACL at one point. But, like, you know, it was a good move at the time. It didn't work. You take that L and you move on. You can't hold on to that every year. Oh, I don't want another Rondo situation. Like, get out of here. Yeah, that's and terrible. Didn't Dirk ask for that? Like, at that point, even if it was a total failure, if Dirk asked for it, oh, well. Yeah. Dirk, Dirk built his franchise. He wanted Rondo. He got it. It didn't work out. Okay. SJ, you have anything to SJ, add? SJ, what's your the quiet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was just taking everything in, but now nah, for the most part, I agree. I think he, he's talking like he has PTSD. Like, you should not be a general manager of a basketball team if you are holding on to a deal that you did in the past like that. You can't move in fear. That's why nothing's being done. And that's why we see all the problems that the maps have. And to me, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they don't really, like y'all said, they don't have talent. So they don't really have any tradable assets. So I knew that this trade deadline, it wouldn't have been, uh-huh. you know, they wouldn't have made a splash. They're looking at who was available and all the assets we had, we couldn't compete with pretty much any offer. Maybe the Fournier one, but at the same time, like, I I didn't see us competing with any of the other packages. So right. I knew it wouldn't be a splash, but I was, I was, happy with the Reddick pickup simply just because I just wanted them to do anything with James Johnson's contract and they did but now I'm a little concerned because <laughs> people have pointed out that you know he hasn't said anything he hasn't you know acknowledged the magic he's someone who talks a lot <laughs> you know he has a <laughs> podcast so 
him not really acknowledging the team and then them not looking into the medicals, um, it's a little concerning to me. And Melly, I wasn't a fan. Um, Will Borg on Twitter, he had DM'd me a couple weeks ago and he was talking about Melly and how the Mavs should maybe go for it. And I told him at the time that, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Melly was playing awful. And here he is on my team. So <laughs> got to see if he can. He, he didn't get any minutes last night. We'll see what Rick does with that. Melly's one of those guys. He's like, he's a shooter that can't shoot. That, that's what yeah. I call him. Because mm-hmm. what he was 33% last year from three, 19% this year on three. Like, I don't know about that. They, I don't know, maybe he'll change. Because I remember one point, Maxie was a terrible three-point shooter. And now he's over 40%. Yeah. So maybe Carlock can work with him and fix something. But he's not a good shooter. I look yeah. at it like, I look at it like this. A woman dates a guy in 2015 and she gives him everything. Like she gives this guy her all and he just leaves because it's not working out. It's not a good fit. The relationship isn't working. Six years later, she's afraid to date again, to take anybody serious, to get into a serious relationship. But she doesn't realize if that's what you want, you have to step up and go get it. And if you want that, but you don't step up and go and get it, you're never going to get that ring. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look. Um, yeah, that, that tweet that or that quote, that every part of that quote was concerning. First of all, the Reddit or the Rondo comments. That's That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard from a a professional general manager like we did a trade one time uh when we had a good offense that we thought could take us over the top and it didn't work out so now i don't want to take any chances anymore what and you get to keep your job in pepper uh i'm not even gonna try to say that word right now i'm mad uh you get to keep (laughs) go ahead go ahead ahead, ahead. like you just touched on something like a good point he doesn't want another rondo situation right but yet they acknowledge that they traded for Reddick when they all knew Reddick want to, wanted a buyout and to play in Brooklyn where he lives. So if he's unhappy, isn't that another situation where you're training for a player right. that doesn't want to be there? But the thing Yeah, is, we traded once for a guy that didn't want to be here, but we don't want to do that again. So let's trade for a guy that doesn't want to be here. Well, I think, <laughs> I think that this is what he did. Instead of trading for a guy that definitely was going to be a starter, like they probably had some trade packages that would have included Brunson or Hardaway or or Jay Rich that would have gotten the, or DFS or Maxi even that would have been a guy that could start. They probably had an Aaron Gordon trade or something like that. Um, like they they probably had some opportunities to get a guy that would definitely be a starter, but they didn't want to like he's like he said put themselves in a rondo situation where they mess up the rotations and the chemistry with reddick they felt like he would be a guy they could probably plug in off the bench for like 15 20 minutes and not really hurt the the key the starting lineup which they are married to or they're starting eight or nine guys that they're in love with um so they did a minor move that they thought wouldn't hurt as much if it backfired on them and it does appear to backfire when you sign a podcaster and he hasn't said anything since the trade so uh and now they're saying he's not even gonna work out in dallas like he's staying in in new orleans when we know we have a great training staff um and anybody that's coming off an injury should want to be in our system 
it, it's it that's that's just bad. That just makes you look like you don't know what you're doing even more, which again hurts the team. And then to hear him talk about minutes being hard to come by when I look at this trash ass roster, like I don't know what to think. Like, are they seeing something that we don't? Incompetent. That's what it is. <laughs> I, I would Everyone argue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Finish. Please finish. No, I would say if you look at any playoff team in the in the Western Conference, if you are even a slightly above average basketball player, we have literally center to power to point guard. We have more minutes available than any other team in the West. And and I'd say probably half the teams in the East. Yeah, I, that just that just don't add up. It's like you're, I hate to say it, it's like you're disrespecting the intelligence of the fan base by saying stuff like that. Some of them seem to eat that shit up. So <laughs> nah, he's leaning right into their intelligence. SJ, what did you? What were you gonna say? They're running an eight man rotation, pretty much. That's that's a playoff rotation. So uh, I I don't believe in that for the regular season, especially when. They're trying to rest um, guys, but there, somebody <laughs> said um, earlier, I forgot who it was, someone was like, I wonder, was it you, maybe DMP? Yeah, forgot, yeah, that was, um, that was me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said, is Tim Hardaway Jr. not <laughs> good enough to get rest days, like, right. you know, Luca and KP, so other guys, they're playing heavy minutes, so if you're not worried <laughs> about them in the playoffs, um, yeah. I don't know, it's just a all-around bad look to me, and God bless the Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like with all losing our fanhood over the course of this pod. Uh, <laughs> SJ said something on Twitter that I really, I really, really took to heart and it, it gave me perspective. She said, man, they don't care. Why do y'all care? Mm. Like, and it, I really said, man, I'm a grown ass man and I'm sitting here stressed <laughs> about a basketball team. They don't, I, they don't care about the games themselves. Why am I stressing? You shouldn't. And it, it just, it, it really, I hate to admit this, last night's loss was probably the most calm I've been. I, I was mm-hmm. mad that Tim didn't get his shine, but it was like, eh, niggas don't care, I don't care either. We'd be all right. Yeah. Will we? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we? We as people will be all right. The team, I don't know what right, they're right, 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 right. But that's what I said, too. Like, I can't care more about the future of this franchise than the general manager. Um, that's, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we we kind of already touched on most of what we wanted, really wanted to talk about. I think it's a, a good time to move to, uh, I guess. What do you what do you we want? Kind of inadvertently touched on everything. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We kind of cleared everything really. Uh, the next thing I did want to hit because we're kind of here. It kind of is a good transition. The blame game. So all of us seem to be pretty upset with the state of the franchise right now. Uh, so on, I gave you the three names, Donnie, Rick Cuban, that's the brain trust that makes all the decisions on what's happening with this team behind the scenes. So who do you put in the most blame on, uh, rank them and then tell me why I'm gonna give Glenn the first run of this. I don't think he's had much, had the opportunity for a minute. Uh, I guess I'm gonna start. I'll go Cuban, Donnie, Rick. Mm. And I, I say Cuban because I, I feel like he tries to outsmart everybody. You know, he thinks he's the smartest person in the room, especially when it comes to, like, the cap space or 
like mid-level exceptions, trade exceptions. Like, I don't feel like he puts it the best use in those resources. You know, it's always, oh, let's try to clear cap, chase the big fish. Like, what about like lower tier players? Maybe not an all-star, but, you know, somebody that's like almost getting there. Like, chase those players in free agency instead of chasing the big fish that you know you're not going to get. Right. Give yourself a chance to, you know, build out the roster because then you'll have, to give you an example, like, uh, like Sixers, for example, like when they had when they had uh, Jimmy Butler and, you know, they made the trade to Miami. Miami had assets like a Josh Richardson. Like if you have those mid-level players like Josh Richardson during that time, like you can make moves. Like you don't always have to chase the big fish. Even in the, when exactly. it was drafting, they were like, I think it was the year they could have drafted Giannis. Like they <laughs> traded back to get Shane Larkin because they wanted to save a couple hundred thousand dollars in the cap. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that is the dumbest thing. You can trade, make any trade you want to clear room, but you move back to clear a couple thousands because you you might get Dwight Howard. Jesus like, get Christ. get that commitment from Dwight Howard, then make some trades to clear cap space, just like every other smart franchise does in this league. And, so, that, that and that's why I, I blame Cuban for that. And then Donnie, because quotes like he made earlier where he just seems like a scared GM. He seems like he needs help. Like he needs someone else to come in and just provide some type of assistance and bring it in, bring in another scout, another talent evaluator, somebody to help him out. And then third, I got Rick just because he's just stubborn. You know, he's probably the most stubborn coach I've ever seen. He refuses to play rookies. He kills their confidence. Like if you remember when the rookies came back from the G League bubble, they talked about how they, you know, they, they feel confident again. <laughs> Any confidence they built, that is gone now. They have no confidence. If you can rest Luca and KP and still not touch the court, how can you have confidence? Right. That coach is telling you he don't believe it. Yeah, that, that's Carlisle telling you you don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like I mentioned earlier with Dwight Powell. Like, he should have never been starting. But that's a Carlisle choice where he just stubborn. He threw him in the starting lineup because they would have had the most efficient offense last year or whatever. Like, this nonsense. He tore his Achilles. And his game relies on athleticism. Right. He wasn't, he clearly wasn't right. And they threw him in there, had him guarding all these big men who he can't guard. Like, it's just, it's, it's terrible, man. And then the whole thing with the offseason was, I know I'm going on a, uh, <laughs> a rant, but it's like the whole focus in the offseason was defense. But it's like, are they actually practicing, de- practicing defense? Like, I just don't see it. Like, they drop, cover- uh, drop coverage on defense is awful. Like, you, you drafted all these wings, Tyler Bay. Josh Green, but yet you don't play them. But you drafted them because they're three and D guys, or theoretically, Josh Green is a three and D guy. And Tyler Bay was that's what he's known for at college from at Colorado. He's known for his defense, and you refuse to play them. So how can the focus be on defense? Like I, I just don't get it. Okay. Reese, I feel like you had some things you wanted to say. Uh no, 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 not much. I was just um, you know, basically agreeing with Glenn, uh Glenn, piggybacking off of what he said. That's all. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let SJ take it next. Who, who, what is your ranking for this for this category? So for me, I had Donnie, Mark, and then Rick. And the reason why I had Donnie first is because um I was reading an athletic article. This was last year during the bubble, and they were doing the um surveys with like agents and execs. And some of the agents in the article they. It said you can't trust the word that comes out of Donnie's mouth. And I think that kind of has, oh, wait to it. You know, you've seen these free agent meetings. We all wonder, like, what are they saying to these free agents while we can never get anybody? 
or in some cases what are they not saying because they're too busy filming Shark Tank and you know doing all these different things and to me I think I think he has to take a lot of the blame like Glenn said he he's doing a lot um this is Donnie he's doing a lot of um things like he's scared he's moving like he's scared and to me you can't be a GM of a basketball team and be moving in fear and I just had Mark second just because I think he kind of him and Donnie kind of goes hand in hand um especially with the free agency stuff I think I think they kind of lost the plot a little bit, and I think they need to step back and try to mix things up. Maybe get somebody else in, like Glenn said, to kind of mix things up. Because I think I think it's a little stale in the front office. I I personally think it should be cleared out, but you know, I don't make any decisions, so I I think someone else needs to come in and kind of shake things up. And in terms of Rick, Rick is a as a good coach. I always tweet. I, I'm never saying Rick is a bad coach. Rick is a good coach, but I'm not sure if he's the coach of the future for the Mavericks. I've always said this. I'm, I'm not sure if he kind of connects with them sometimes, especially during a losing streak. You saw it, it, it looked bad. They looked bad on both ends. So, yeah, Rick, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure about Rick. And it's funny because Golden State, a lot of Golden State fans, um. We're kind of tethered to Golden State this season as well. Um, I feel like we are going through some of the problems that they're going through as well. And we kind of say the opposite of Golden State fans in the terms of we want our rookies to play and, you know, gain confidence while they're spending the time and trying to develop Wiseman. And some fans, they don't want that to happen because Wiseman, you know, he's pretty much a negative on the court and they're trying to fight for a playoff spot and he's not contributing to winning basketball right now, and their fans don't want him to play. So I think it's kind of funny to see that contrast. Um, but I, I do want the rookies to play. I'm a fan um, of letting the young ones develop, and I understand we're fighting for a playoff spot, but five to ten minutes can't hurt, especially Josh Green. When he right. plays, you know, well, Rick just kind of pulls him immediately and we never see him again so I, I think they should try to give the rookies a chance and yeah so that's my blame game Donnie Smart Rick. okay DMP um I, I'm I'm going to blame Mark by he's number one with a bullet um this is his franchise he on the record publicly he stopped Kind of what Glenn touched on earlier, he wanted a couple extra $100,000 to throw at Dwight, so he stopped Giannis from being drafted by Mm. Donnie a few years ago. Um, If you've ever been in management, if you've ever run any type of business, it all starts with the top. Starts will all starts at the top, and I think whatever Donnie is afraid to do or not do, it's because Mark empowers him to do it. Mm. He's not Mark isn't a hands-off owner. He never has been it's been proven. Um, and I think Mark, if you've ever been around people who've been wealthy, like really wealthy, especially like quote unquote, self-made wealthy people, they have massive egos. Right. Mm -hmm. And you take somebody like Cuban who entered this space of being a basketball owner, he did win a championship. You say whatever you want about that man. Like I said, I'm old. I was a fan when we were the worst franchise in sports. And he bought the team and we immediately got good. 
immediately, like literally two years, boom, uh, good. So I understand why he would feel that way. They finally gave him a championship. So he was already a billionaire, and then he entered this space and won a championship. So he just thinks he's the smartest dude in the room. And I think Luca has basically recharged his ego. Uh And I just, I blame him. And then second, I blame Donnie um, to kind of reiterate what SJ said. He he moving like he's scared. Like, (laughs) I I don't even think he presents certain things to Cuban because he's like, he's worried what it's going to do. And it it just really, really doesn't make sense. And to me, it shows like a lack of awareness. I think you mentioned this earlier, Bibbs, like, fam, you don't say that out loud. You know what I'm saying? You don't say, well, we messed up with Rondo. So we afraid to do anything else because honestly, this is the thing. Players take stuff serious. Like you can't slander that man's name like that. Players in the league like Rondo, whether you do or not. So if we wondering why JJ Reddick don't want to show up, like, man, you just shit on Rondo (laughs) at the trade deadline. Like players read that stuff. They own their phones all the time. And I just think that shows a lack of awareness about our franchise. And when we, you know, we sit here, you know, there's jokes about how only no one wants to come here or only white dudes want to come here and stuff like that. I think that's a little small stuff around the edges that you other teams, owners and GMs don't say stuff like that publicly. Mm-hmm. They just don't. And ours do. And it, it just is what it is. Um, last, I blame Rick. Rick's always going to be last to me because like SJ said, Rick is a good coach, man. He is. Like in the playoffs, if it's a one game situation, Rick is going to throw his fastball. Um, I put this on Twitter a couple months ago, but like I said, my dad's a real big Piston fan. And Rick didn't play rookie Tayshaun Prince all year. And the fans was killing his ass over it. Because the dude that was starting over him was literally like Dwight Powell. He's a dude, like, he was the worst starter in the NBA. The dude was as old as I am now. And they like, bro, why don't you play Tayshaun? Well, when the playoffs came, he did play Tayshaun. Tayshaun was productive. Now, it turns out that is one of the reasons why Rick ended up getting fired in Detroit. But maybe he mm-hmm. will learn. He still eventually learned from his ways by the times the playoffs rolled around. I think Rick just, Rick is who he is. I think he's a good coach. He just don't take no shit. He can't accept the mistakes that a young player makes. Right. And we got three of them that need time. And, you know, you know, we, we, SJ has mentioned it multiple times, but we playing a playoff rotation already. We've been playing a playoff rotation for what, a month now? Yeah. And that, that's where it's like we can – I blame Cuban and Donnie for the roster, but shit, Rick trying to win every game. He don't give a damn about no development. <laughs> okay. Reese, what, what you got? Uh, it's been going back and forth for me. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Mark, then I'm going to go with Donnie, then I'm going to go with Rick. Uh, I kind of want to go with Donnie first, but – uh, like I believe uh, DMP said, it starts at the top. Granted, you pay these guys to do a job, but if you see they're not doing the job correctly, you have to step in. And also, which was mentioned, Mark is a hands-on owner. He doesn't just sit by and not do anything. So the issue is you don't see anything wrong with what they're doing because you agree or they're doing what you want them to do. Mm. Either way is wrong. Yeah. Fix that shit. Second, Donnie, 
You're paid to be a GM. GM, nigga. God damn. Like, <laughs> general manage. Please, like, do something. For the love of God. I've said it before. He hasn't really done much of significance as in his career as the Mavericks GM. You trade it for Dirk and you trade it for Luka. What else? Okay, you got KP. He literally walked into the Knicks front office, asked to be gone, and they basically took nothing for him. What else? When you let me know, we can finish the conversation. Next, Rick. He's at the bottom because, uh, in all honesty, I feel like he has the least amount of power out of the three, but he's still not doing that great of a job. But I know I bash Rick a lot, but Rick is not a bad coach. Rick just has terrible ways that doesn't necessarily fit the game right now, fit off, fit the direction this team wants to go. And it's hurting this team terribly. Like, we're not going to win a championship this year. You have to be realistic about that. So why not take this time, whether it be in any game or the games where you're sitting our best players, to help these rookies? How are they going to get experience without getting experience? Okay. That's my little. Yeah. So, you know, listening to everybody, I kind of took some notes and started noticing, like, some patterns. So. I did the same thing. I kind of went back and forth between Mark and Donnie as my, my number one. Um, at the end of the day, we can't do anything about Mark. Mark's not going anywhere. Like we can't force him to sell the team. Can't put pressure on him to be replaced. Like he, he owns the team at the end of the day. Um, I still I then have to put him at the top of the list for blame because he controls the other two if they aren't doing something well, he's supposed to replace them. Uh, If they're doing, if they're executing his vision, then that's, that's the problem with the team is that his vision sucks. So I I have to keep Mark first just for that reason. Um, I thought he had taken a step back, but he does appear to be still very hands-on and, you know, like, like DMP was saying, like he has a huge ego, like it's impossible for him to just not be hands-on even if he says he isn't, he's going to have some opinions. Um, secondly, Donnie, because as everybody pointed out, he hasn't, he's been there forever. First of all, if you've been there as, as the guy for this long and you don't feel like you can stand up to Mark Cuban, why are you there? What's the point? Like you literally just like a flunky. Like every every uh, supervillain has that little weak flunky that ex- just does whatever he says. Like that's what that's how I picture Donnie. Like he he's a great international scout. I feel like he timidly oh this Luca guy is good. Well I didn't let you get Giannis, so I guess you can have the Luca guy. Like that's what I picture. Like their interactions. It's not look Rick. This Giannis guy is the future. We, we can worry about that money somewhere else. I, we need this kid. No, we're going to draft midget-ass Shane Larkin. Jesus. Because we need a, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And look how smart we are. And fans eat that up. That's the part that makes me the most mad is that we all see that this team is making bad moves and moving terribly. And the players see this. The players react to this. Like We, we have to have a terrible reputation out there among the players whether it's the culture, 
whether it's the coach, whether it's the things we're saying behind the scenes, the way we move. One of the things I don't like about this team is that they're, they, they pride themselves on their relationships with agents. Players don't, don't want that. They don't want you talking to their, their agent about them. Have a relationship with me. Like this is the, the age of the player. This is not the the mid nineteen nineties. Like a player has can fire an agent at the drop of a hat. They don't care. They control everything now. So you you need to be working on your relationship with players. That means you need a coach that has a good relationship with players, which we don't. We have an assistant that does. I see players on other teams dapping up Mosley all the time. We need a, a a general manager that can appeal to the players, which instead of tell them trust me. And our owner is a goot is a, a frat boy goofy dude that does not attract, and we've kind of halfway touched on it already. Black players are not into the Cuban like that. He feels like a a a, a black a, a, a less MAGA Donald Trump type figure to them. Like he's a, a rich white dude, a lot of money, that thinks he's cool and he's not. And that kind of is what it is. Uh, let me know if I'm off base on any of that. I don't, nope, I, don't, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think you're off base at all. And that's kind of where we are. We're stuck. If 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 this is the team that we're gonna give Rick, like like y'all said, he's gonna play the guys that he thinks give him the best opportunity, not necessarily to win, but to have the least amount of mistakes. So if Dwight Powell is gonna be a constant minus five. He'd rather have that constant minus five than take the risk of putting Bay out there and having him be a minus 10 one game and then a plus 10 one game and go back and forth. He would, he would rather have the steady minus five, um, which I hate, but that's who he is. Yeah. And uh, again, he, he seems like he's checked out in my opinion. He seems like he's just doesn't have the fire and passion. I don't think that's good when you have a superstar, a young player like Luca, who's very, very emotional. Like I, maybe you need that balance to a certain degree, but at the same time, I would like to see a coach that at least responds with Luca on certain things after losses and stuff. It isn't so dry. And I'm passing it off. So somebody wants to jump in. I think something I, I, I don't, I haven't had the time to really dig into this. But, man, y'all got to think about it. Like, when you look at other teams and you look at other front office, other GM coach combos, can y'all think of one that went, that were had a job for 10 straight years, they were continuously employed with one team, didn't win a playoff series in that entire decade and kept their job? No. Like, I'm saying, like, I, I – I, I don't want to put it out there. I was going to post this on Twitter, but I want to do the research and verify before I say it. Only like, person I can think of is not in basketball. It will probably be Marvin Lewis in the NFL. Right, right. I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. In the NBA, you can, I mean, shoot, Dave Griffin won a championship. Dave Griffin and Ty Lue won a championship. They was out within, what, 24 months out of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start looking around the NBA, I don't where, where I get mad with some of the fans that say be patient is like I don't think y'all realize this is beginning to be historically unprecedented with being mediocre to bad for this long and it eventually turning itself around. Right. And addition to that, like most coaches that have a superstar, a young superstar like Luca, they never there when the championships come or when the mm-hmm. contention comes. 
And I think Rick, like I said, I still think Rick is a good coach, but I think Rick is either the oldest or second oldest, maybe third oldest coach in the league. Like sometimes it's just time. Better coaches than Rick have worn out their vocal. And I don't think that makes me, oh, you're a hater. You know more. Who's better? It just is what it is. Yep. And I mean, this is obviously something that I brought up a, a lot. I don't, I don't think Rick is a bad coach either. And I think that was another thing I wanted to hit on based on what everybody said. Like everybody had Rick third on the blame list, but everybody's still tired of Rick <laughs> too. Like they're, they're all problems for one reason or another. And like y'all said, Rick is a good coach. He just has not had a team that can compete. And it feels like he kind of doesn't care. Like the, it's kind of like, you know what? Mark Cuban said, hey, one day we'll have a team. So just coach what we got until we get that. And now that we look like we might be potentially growing towards something, they don't want to get rid of him on the back end of it. But, it, man, you paid this dude millions of dollars. Like if, it's, if you need to replace him, he will be okay. If Rick Carlisle got fired tomorrow, he would be rehired within 48 hours. Like, okay. it, he just would be. A, a veteran team that's on the cusp. Like, bro, I hate to say it, I think Rick should run Ty Lue's spot just to keep it a buck. <laughs> and I think they'd be in better shape. I really do. And um, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Rick is a bad coach. I just think for a team where their youngest two players, our two best players are 22 and 25, and we actually have to develop some dudes to make it to contention, I don't think Rick is the dude for that. Yep. Uh, I, thought, yeah, I, said, I thought we should have traded him in the offseason. Oh, go ahead, SJ. I said Kenny Atkinson, anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think I think the Mavs are kind of in a weird spot where they – I thought that about the Hawks, too, before the offseason, where they're kind of um, – they're kind of stuck between win mode, win now mode, and um, rebuilding kind of, you know, growing with a younger squad. And they think the team is younger than it actually is. Most of um, the role guys, they're like smack in the middle of their prime. Right. Like Timmy, he's 28. Dorian, like 27, 28. Maxi pushing 30. You know, Dwight Powell, he's one of the oldest. He's like 30, you know, wrong side of 30. So I think um, the team is not as young as they think. It's just that the superstars are kind of young. And I think... Um, they like the rookies um they're not getting time to develop so you can clearly see they're trying to attack win mode now but they have not made that many win now moves so i think they're kind of in a weird spot that they need to figure out the direction that they want to head in where it can get even uglier and i think that's that's part of the issue is that they're in a weird spot where they kind of don't know who they are or what they are. Um, like we're at the bottom. We, we can't tank cause we don't have a draft pick. <laughs> um, and we're, we're kind of stuck in a situation where we're going to be in a playoff or play in one way or another. Like we're not going to be bad enough to, to fall out, but are we good enough to get to the five, four or five? Like we thought at the beginning of the season, I don't know. Um, and they're they're making comments like they're married to all these, like you said, prime role players that are in their primes when our best players are 22 and 25 and they're 
treating KP with kid gloves every night. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense what they're doing. Um, and I feel like if you have a younger coach who, who or a, a newer coach who's trying to make his name, he's going to be willing to try more things like you, the way Josh Richardson has been playing. I almost would rather see Josh Green get half of his minutes. I agree. He played like 40 minutes the other night and had like four points. Come on, man. And he's not doing that great on defense to play that right. high, high minutes. So it makes no sense why somebody else can't get in and try some. It's just my players wait till they get to Dallas to start playing. Like, you know what? <laughs> man, that dude wasn't that good to begin with. Let's, let's, yeah. let's keep it. Let's keep it 100. Yeah, he I was, was going to say. He, you he know, was he, he, he was decent, but he was the not Miami that good. System. Yeah. And, and if we, and if we keeping it up, Buck, he was good for maybe one and a half years in Miami. It wasn't like he was killing it the whole time. I think that says a lot about Eric Spolstra, quite honestly. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Someone who was hired at the same time as Rick, but never <laughs> <laughs> I think he's had a bit more success. And again, he, he's had some rough rosters too, and he's gotten it done. So I, I don't want to hear that Rick's the only person that can do it. Yeah. Um. Do you guys think Rick J. Rich opts in? Because he definitely lost himself some money. Yeah, I think he did, but I, I'm not sure. It, it depends on the what the market is. Because remember, it's not a it's not a um like a deep free agency class. But somebody, right. if he gets a multi you know year deal, he mm. might he might look elsewhere. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Opt in, go opt out. <laughs> <laughs> go opt out. <laughs> Yeah, I I think he is going to opt out. I don't think he's going to get – I think his option is 11.6. I don't think he's going to get that per year on a long-term deal. But I do think he – you know, some team will pay him eight for uh, 32 over four, eight a year. Hell, it's probably probably going to be us, if I'm honest. Well, if it's us, they're going to give like 15. Right, right. Well, yeah, no, we we gonna touch on that in a minute, but yeah, I I do think he I, I think he's gonna opt out. I don't think he's going to opt in because I think some team will give him enough guaranteed money to where he he feels comfortable making that leap. Everybody assumed uh, Harrison Barnes was gonna opt out a few years back, and he, we saw the bag he got, and hell, he turned ended up playing up to that contract. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a lot of teams with some money next year. I just realized that. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure how I even feel about the idea of Jay Ridge opting in or out. Uh, here's what I want to do now. We're, we're getting to that part of the podcast where uh, we talked about what the team has done so far. And it, it's time to see where we stand. Where do we think this team is going? And Reese, Reese, I'm going to let you go first. Um, where we're at with what we have left. I don't think the schedule is as weak as people seem to think it is because they seem to think that we're just going to magically jump up in the standings based on who we're playing against. Uh, I don't, I don't see that. I see maybe three definite wins based on what we're doing right now. And uh, I don't know. What are you, what is your outlook for the rest of the season going into the playoffs based on where we're at today? Uh, I think it's kind of, um, solidified at this point that we're going to be playing in a play-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's my expectation. Anything above that will be exceeding it. Uh, I do believe, I do have faith that we can win any play-in game that we have because looking at the teams, I really do have uh, faith in us. Uh, I've seen the way we can play when everyone's on the court and when everyone's clicking and we're not resting players. Uh, I'm predicting a first-round exit again, more than likely. Uh, I really don't have as much faith in this team as I did the team last season, which is weird because we added more assets. So that's kind of backwards. But just based on the way we play, that's just how I'm carrying it. But I'm expecting to play in. Uh, I don't really know what seed we're going to finish at. I would say we're probably going to stand uh, at seventh for the rest of the season. Whether we move up or down, that's where we'll finish at seventh at the end of the season. And uh, I mean, if we happen to sneak out of the first round, that's cool. I love that. But I'm not expecting it. So if it happens, I won't be disappointed. Hmm. Okay. Uh, DMP? Yeah, I I kind of pretty much totally agree with Reese. I think we're going to end up sixth or seventh, but if you put a gun in my head, I would say seventh because we have those eight back-to-backs and we know at least KP ain't playing in those. Yeah. And you just look at the depth of this roster. If KP don't play even as great as Luka is, Luka and the, and the others um, – I just don't – what's that, a third of our schedule is back-to-backs? Yeah. Like, man, I think you can almost pencil those in as eight L's. And um, then you look at it, even what Reese said as far as, like, why do you have less confidence this year versus last year? Because last year at our peak, we, we beat the shit out of teams. We ran them out the damn gym. We did it consistently, Right. It wasn't, we weren't this dominant team, but when we were at our best last year, it was like, damn, these boys, I mean, they they just ain't got no answers for us. Every game we've had where we like really beat a team this year, it's like they were missing a starter or two, or they were playing their fourth game in six nights. It's like whenever a team was fully, any good team we've played that was fully formed, I just, we just don't wash them like that. It's a close game and we win sometimes, but it just looks different than it does last year. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I don't have the confidence I had last year. I think we are, uh, I think we finished seventh and I think we have to, I, I, I truly believe, <laughs> and I hate to be super negative, but if we're in a playoff format and Golden State is involved, like in the ninth and we got to run into them, I, 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 I love Luca. I think Luca's one of the best five players in the world. But Steph Curry scares the shit out of me in a one-game situation. I just – we have no answers for him. I mean, we saw what he did the last time he was in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tournament. Yeah, in a one-game situation, want to go home. <laughs> I love Luca, but Steph breaks the rules of basketball, man. I just – I don't feel good about it. And if we win a playoff series – I don't, as much as I've shit on Rick and we basically been shitting on the front office and the coaching staff for what hour and a half now, if they somehow win it, this season's a W. I don't care. Okay, I can respect that. SJ? Yeah, I I can definitely see that. Um, Yeah, I pretty much, I, like, going into the second half of the season, I was excited just like I think pretty much everybody was that we had a shot at moving up 
so that we could avoid the playing tournament. But, um, yeah, just seeing how, you know, comfortable they are with, you know, punting games and, you know, KP, like you said, he's not going to be playing, you know, back-to-backs, and we have quite a few of them. I, I think we're kind of locked into that scene. And, yeah, the playing tournament scares me, too. Like, people want to say, oh, I'm not scared of the teams below us, but it's just a one-game, you know, <laughs> kind of scenario. Anything can happen. Somebody can get hot at the right time and, you know, that's a wrap or now we have to, you know, play another game to get another spot. So I, I think it's the plane it is very tricky. Last year it didn't really have much drama. But I think this year with the teams that are, you know, flirting in the plane spots, I, I think it can maybe get some a little bit, you know, dicey. So I think we should have been striving to avoid that. But um since that's not the case, um I think matchups, you know, are really important in the postseason. And there's not really a lot of um, looking at the top teams. I don't really want to see any of them, maybe except for the Clippers. Like Utah fans keep, I don't know, they think we can beat Utah in a seven-game series. I don't see it as, you know, currently constructed. Um, And I was arguing with, I don't know if you you guys know Fred, you know, resident um, Dwight Powell fan. Fred, he... um, he seems to think that um, we can be, you know, like Denver and Portland. And while I may agree, um, we're not, we're probably not going to see those teams in the right. first round. So um, talking about how you're not afraid of Denver and Portland, those aren't the teams <laughs> we should be worried about. We're supposed to be worried about, you know, the Lakers, depending on if they fall or not. Now they have Drummond. We'll see how that goes. But we're looking at the Sun, <laughs> like the Sun, Utah, like those teams we're not equipped to really deal with those teams in a seven game series. So mm. I, I don't know right now, I'll be happy if we do, you know, make it out of the first round. But right now I'm looking at the team as a first round exit going into the off season. Okay. Uh, Glenn? Uh, Post trade deadline, I think Mavericks are guaranteed in the playing seven day seed. They're going to flip flop with the Spurs throughout the season. But with Denver getting Eric Gordon and JaVale McGee, then you got Portland getting normal, uh, Norman Powell and you get Nurkic back healthy. Like, they're not catching those teams. They're, like, three games behind. Like, it's a wrap. They're not catching Portland. They're not catching Denver. So, definitely the playing, like like you guys said earlier, I don't want to see Steph Curry in the playing. Like, you, we know he is dangerous. He can give you 50 any night. Like, it, it's going to be tough. But – I mean, if, if if we had to pick like a playoff series in the first, I don't think they'll win a series, but I, I guess Clippers. I mean, you, you just bank on Paul George not showing up again, and maybe maybe something to happen, force six seven games. But Utah, they just got too many shooters, and Gobert he just dominates the paint. Like Luca, it just seems like he can't get in the paint when we go against Gobert. Uh, kills they get killed on offensive boards it's just Jordan Clarkson checks in and he turns into Kobe like it's just it's just not a good matchup so first round I guess six games against uh, the Clippers okay so man after everything everybody said I kind of was again taking some notes uh first thing was DMP you mentioned the the back-to-backs and I kind of went through the schedule just a minute ago. I, I usually don't look too far ahead, but I did go through the schedule. 
almost every one of these back-to-backs is a trap because I can pretty much tell you which game KP is going to rest. And that other team is a team that people think we're better than, but each team has talent. So, I mean, just coming up this weekend, we're going to do the, the weekly forecast here in a minute, but New York and Washington. So we know they're probably going to play hard against New York and then rest a KP against Washington. Like they, they still have Westbrook and Bradley Bill. And they score points. We I don't know if we can keep up with them on offensively without uh, Luca or KP. Um, then you move forward, Houston, Milwaukee. Okay, we might rest against Houston. They got a bunch of young guys that are hungry. They could accidentally beat us. Move forward, San Antonio, Philly. We can't really afford to rest against either one of those teams, considering our trying not getting the play in. So what, we're going to rest KP against San Antonio and mess up our, our standing in the play-in? That's, that's a tough call. Or maybe we sacrifice the game to Philly because we don't expect to beat them anyway. I, I, don't, I really don't know. Um, Detroit, Los Angeles. Again, Detroit has young guys, some talent. I'm, I don't trust us against them. And it's sad to say that, but I, I don't trust it. Then Sacramento, Golden State. Sacramento seems like a team that's pushing for the playoffs or for the play-in at least. So they're going to come with it. They're hooping right now. Fox just had a career high 40-40 the other night. Uh, the next one is Washington-Sacramento. You could go either way with that one. Again, both teams have talent. So, again, we're sacrificing probably we, – we, we eight back-to-backs. We're probably sacrificing six or seven games in that, in that stretch. The only one I even feel halfway good about is when we have the Brooklyn-Cleveland back-to-back. I, I would hope that we could beat Cleveland uh, without mm. KP. But if Sexton decides to go bananas, you know, this is where we're at, man. Like, how good do they think they are? Man, I don't think it's being a hater or ridiculous to say without KP or Luca, we can literally lose to any team in the NBA. Like, I don't think that's an unreasonable take. Yeah. At this point, if you look at the track record, yeah. OKC whooped them up. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. They try to give the game back. So, yeah. and that was OKC. I, I, listen, I just I think it all comes back to the lack of self awareness, mm-hmm. and they believe that they should be able to compete. But I feel like everybody looking at it, we know, we know, like it's okay. You get out talent, like. The game against New Orleans last night, they they were fighting hard, but down the stretch, talent won. That's yeah. just, it is yep. what it is. So I think they need to kind of take a step back, look at look at what they have, and seriously, you know, kind of evaluate it in an honest way. And that's when things can change. Mm. Okay. Oh man, that was uh this has been rough. <laughs> I feel like we, we've got a guard in on this team in a negative fashion. Um and then the other thing I wanted to touch, you you all kind of mentioned the whole one game scenario. I'm not trying to see Steph in that situation. We saw last year in the playoffs, uh those first three games against the Clippers, we had something weird happen in each game. One game Luca hurt his ankle and missed like a ton of time or was hobbling. Uh, one game, I think, was it KP or Luca that got in foul trouble? Uh, Luca got in foul trouble. I think KP got ejected in one of the games. Yeah. So, I mean, we we had an ejection, we had an injury, we had foul trouble. Like these things are very possible in this one game scenario. 
So the fact that some fans seem content with us being stuck there is, is very weird to me. Um, and then again, like you said, once we get out of that, if we get the seven or eight seed and we're playing against one of the LA teams, the Suns or the Jazz, if we could push the six or seven, I will not be as mad about how this season went because that's what I said I wanted out of this this season. Is I wanted the four or five seed, but I said I would be happy with pushing whoever to six or seven if we lose in that scenario. So that same same thing will apply. If we get the seven or eight, we push whoever we face to six or seven, I will accept whatever occurred during this season to a certain degree. Now, with that said, going into the offseason, this is pretty much our last offseason where we're going to have actual money to spend. I know most of us agree that having cap space is not important when it comes to free agency. Our front office, uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody went on some, I think it was uh, Donnie, uh, uh, Dalton got Donnie to officially accept that uh, cap space isn't necessary to get free agents, which I was glad he did that. Um, but this is the last time we actually do have money, so we have even more flexibility than usual because we don't have assets to trade in a situation. We should after this season when we re-sign Timmy to a big contract most likely. But it's our last offseason to play around uh, I want to know what you guys want to happen. And Reese, I'm going to go to you last uh, just because um, you're, you're the co host. I'm going to try to get you a minute. I understand. You, you ain't got to do this. So uh, let's, let's go reverse what we just did. Glenn, what, do you, what are your expectations? What are your hopes for the offseason? Well, I think uh, they have what, like 34, 35 million in cap space next year. Yeah. Um, you got to, you have to go after somebody at the level like a DeMar DeRozan. Mm. You have to get somebody. And I know a lot of people, they're not, fan, not a fan of him because he's only, he doesn't shoot three-pointers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he's, he gets buckets efficiently. He gets to the line. I mean, our second star is KP. He hardly gets to the line. Like, you need to get somebody on that level that can consistently give you 20 points a game. He can ball hit. He can handle the ball. He can pass. He's shown he's a much-improved passer. You need somebody on that level. And I'm not 100% sure, but if we – when uh, free agency starts next year, do we have the bird rights to Tim, uh, Tim Hardaway? Yes. Uh, we do? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. what I want to see with that $34 million, get get two really good players. Not somebody that can barely dribble a basketball. Get two solid <laughs> players. Whether it's uh, DeMar in a, in a big or a power forward, just get two players and go over the cap, stop being cheap, and re-sign uh, – Tim Hardaway, you can let Josh Richardson walk and the go from there. Because at that point, like you said, you're not going to have cap space, cap, uh, cap space going forward. But what you'll have is you'll have assets. You'll have those two players you signed with that $34 million, and you'll have Tim Hardaway that you went over to cap to sign. So now you have three tradable contracts if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Similar to like you guys mentioned earlier with when they got Anton Jameson and Anton Walker. Anton Walker, like you said, it turned into Jet. So get those players Get competent players, not players on the level of a Maxi and a Dorian. I love those guys, but come on right. now. Like, we need real players that can get you buckets and you don't have to wait for uh, uh, Luca to set you up. Use the cap wisely. We know Luca's going to get like $200 million on his extension. This is your last chance, in my opinion, to, to get those type of assets that go forward. So that's, that's just how I see it. Okay, SJ. Yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, like Gwen said, this is kind of like the last off season for them to really trying to make some noise and really kind of get locked into a team. I know there's they've been talking about continuity, but I've I've never seen continuity with this bad of a roster, if I'm being honest. Like <laughs> the Jazz, they're exercising continuity, but their role players are really like solid. Like they have role players that could score the ball. And I think the evidence is kind of overwhelming when you look at the games that Luca doesn't play and you look at Maxi's numbers and Dorian's numbers, like they can't do anything <laughs> without him on the court setting them up for, you know, easy shots. And I think that's 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 the problem we all kinda acknowledge as a glaring issue. So this off season, I think that's the number one priority. They need to get another competent ball handler. I know we kinda hope Jay Rich would have assumed that role, but he he's not it. He he's not um, a creator like that. He's not a secondary creator. So I think um, they need to focus on that. I think the big issue, I know it's been a, you know, hot debate on Mavs Twitter, especially with Drummond. Thank God he's signed now so we can dead that debate until the off season. But um, I'm personally not okay with another big next to KP, especially one that can't guard any space. Um, I, I just think in the year 2021, I, I, I just don't like that fit at all. I know you say poor thing, this is not a center, he's not a power forward. I don't think he's, I think he's positionless. And you kind of see the cons of positionless basketball in that sense that you can't stick him in a spot and have him play like all the way well. So um, I, I, yeah, I'm not a, necessarily a fan of putting a traditional center next to KP, but I think, um, I think Maxi, I would love for an upgrade at his spot, but I, I think I can stomach him being a starter if it had to come down to it next season. But Dorian, absolutely not. Love the guy. He can play on my team any day, but bench minutes. He, he's not, to I me, mean, he, he's not a starter on a championship contender. And I think that's where they should be looking to move in that direction. When you have a guy like Luca, he, he's ready to win now. So I think you need to build the roster accordingly, especially since you have a plan in place for the offseason um, during the season to rest your best players. You need to have talent on your roster for that plan to work out. Okay. I like it. I like it. And DMP, I'm going to let you take it, and then Reese, you can jump in right after him. Gotcha. Um, Not to get too salary cap nerdish, but um. <laughs> If you look at the salary cap is projected at what 112 million, we got 84 million dollars in guaranteed contracts. If Tim, if Josh opts out, right? So that's 34 M's, and that does not include bringing Josh back. So, you know, I think Tim's cap hold is going to end up being is 20% of his current salary. So his cap hole is going to be in like 23 million. So I think we need to move real, real quick on Tim. I, I, I don't, I think it's impossible not to bring Tim back because if you look at the players that are going to actually reach free agency that might come to Dallas, who's better than Tim? Like Glenn said, DeMar DeRozan, but like DeMar, I think DeMar at this point in his career, man, he's made a lot of money. I, I, I think DeMar is looking for 
I hate to say it, I think he's going to almost look at like almost ring chasing situation. I don't think he's going to go to a, a, a mediocre team. Now, he can stay in San Antonio for that, which he might do anyway, right? So I think we got to bring back Tim. And I think if Josh hops in, we got to trade his ass, like literally right after he <laughs> – I'm serious. I don't think Josh can be on the team next year at, uh, at that 11.6 number unless he agrees to a long-term deal for like seven, eight M's a year. Now, so so let me just be clear. I think Tim's getting 17 to 20. I think it's unavoidable. If you look at the market, if you look at what the salary cap is projected at, Tim's getting 17 to 20 from somebody. I don't know if it's going to be for four or five. It'll maybe only be two or three, but that's what it's going to be. And frankly, I think if that's Dallas, I'm fine. Because I don't think giving him that money stops us from, like, if it's not going to stop us from doing anything else we need to do. So I think you got to maybe take, uh, after you get rid of Josh and you re-sign Tim, looking at this free agents market, like, maybe a Rashawn Holmes. I kind of agree with SJ. Like, the games I watch Rashawn Holmes, I see him being able to guard people in space somewhat. But against a playoff team with the money on the line, whew, him and KP, I don't know if I'm, I'm riding or dying with that, right? But I do like him as a player. And then maybe you can – this is something I think we're going to have to – some people in the fan base aren't going to want to hear. Maybe you go get Alonzo, but you got to trade a Maxi or a Dorian as part of a signing trade to get New Orleans to, to agree to that, right? Like, not saying not – I would like Lonzo, but some of the restricted guys – I know we've talked about John Collins. I don't think John Collins is coming here, but I think Man. I think the most realistic path to improving this team next year is going to be uh, trading players that are currently in our top six rotation for another team's restricted or pending free agent. Because I just don't see us just flat out signing free agents that's going to move the needle. I don't. And I think something we need to open our – we need to pray Tim actually wants to come back here. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, And I'm not a Tim fan. I'm not a big, huge old Tim Hardaway is the best. But he objectively has a talent. And it's pretty damn important. Like, we just need talent. So if Tim walks and we got $34 million, and even if we trade Josh Richardson, I don't think we're going to be able to get two players better than them combined. I don't. Not on the market. I really don't. So I think you got to bring back Tim and you got to try to get another starter. I'm talking about a guy that can score 20 points a night by himself without Luca having to uh, spoon feed him. And do it if somewhat efficiently. Okay. Okay, I was making sure you was I didn't wanna <laughs> I wanna jump in if you wasn't done. But uh uh y'all touched most of the points. I just as far as free agency, I feel like our main focus should just be I'm of the mindset that the Mavericks don't need a second a third star. We don't need a third star player. We don't need a third superstar. We just need KP to play like an all-star. 
and surround the rest of the team with good, solid NBA starters slash role players. The ones we have aren't it. It's That's just the facts. I know y'all love Dorian and Maxi. Some of y'all love Dwight Powell. God help you. Uh, Jalen Brunson, even. Jalen is probably, I would, Jalen's probably higher up on the echelon compared to the rest of them. But those aren't starters on an NBA team that's going to contend. So we need to go out and sign some solid role players. Uh, I will have to look it up. I'm not sure exactly who in terms of uh, role players will be available this summer. But uh, it's obvious we can't catch big fish. So I wouldn't even be comfortable with the Mavs going after the other Marderos and if he would consider a team like Dallas because our history shows that we can't get someone like that. And when we try to go after someone like that, we miss out on key role players that can help our team in the long run. And like we said earlier, even if these role players can't help our team, if we go out and get talented players, we can flip them for other assets, whether it be draft picks that we would probably have to flip for other assets because Rick isn't going to play a rookie. But stop going all in on one thing for one offseason, please. Yeah. I'm begging you, please. And DMP is correct. If Josh Richardson opts in, trade him immediately. I don't care where it is. <laughs> Facts. I don't care where it is. At this point, give him the Evan Fournier treatment. Two second round picks, you said? Bet. Like, I had so much hope for Josh Richardson. I was I was singing his praises, but it's just not working out. I think I've I've given up at this point. Like I was still holding out hope because of his defense, but we're not even seeing results from that because they're not putting him on the best player. They're putting Dorian on the best player who's a worse defender than Josh Richardson. So even if it means we have to trade dudes like Dorian and Maxi, like uh, DMP said in regards to Lonzo, which I would be elated with, uh, some of these guys are going to have to go if we want to get better. I know y'all have, I know a lot of your fans have attachments to these players, but it's the business. And if you want this team to win, some of these guys have to go. That's just the facts. So everybody here is realistic. I need to bring some uh, some crazy people on multiple time times. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> while you all were talking, I don't like to speculate about the free agency because I think it's too far in the future. But while you all were talking, I did do some research to see who had cap space, first of all, and then also who was available. So I do think there are some interesting players that are going to be out there. Every, I think DeRozo is a guy that was mentioned. But when I look at the teams that are going to have camp space, I could easily see if he leaves plenty of teams that could sneak in front of us. Um, And even for like some of the younger guys, some of the restricted guys, like there are other teams that could easily sneak in front of us. Um, You look at the Charlotte Hornets, for example, they're going to have 30 million in cap space at least. And Maybe they make a move for Lonzo. Maybe they're willing to give up Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier to get Lonzo over there with Lamelo. Um, the Chicago Bulls just made a move to get Vucevic. They got Vucevic and Levine. If they go on a run at the end of the year, they could be an attractive destination. They have $20 million. 
to blow. The Memphis Grizzlies have been making very smart moves. They have a, some great young talent. They still haven't even brought in Jaron Jackson yet. They're already behind us. And I think players around the league respect them as a franchise. They could sneak in and get whoever we're after. So it's, it is scary times for Dallas because I, it's hard to feel any belief that we're going to pull anything off. We don't have assets to really make any good trades. And I think it was DMP brought up the idea of Tim Hardaway Jr. walking. If that happens, we are screwed. You can say it. <laughs> if that happens, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then not just on a basketball standpoint of losing a guy like Tim Hardaway, but what is that going to say to the rest of the league about us as a team to every free agent? After all the things that we've done, we've been he, super loyal to him, especially. If he walks, we may never get a free agent here for another five years, minimum. And then we know what happens after five years. So I don't know, man. That, that I, mean, I don't know why the idea of that never crossed my mind for some reason. But if he walks, if Jay Rich opts out, like they both just leave, we'll have plenty of money but we are not a sexy destination. I have, uh, when you done, I want to piggyback. Off no, of go ahead, go ahead. Um, players always, I mean, we hear this in the fan base a lot. We hear it on Twitter. Uh, players don't want to gun play with Luca because of how great he is or his play style. We hear that all the time. Haven't seen any results from it yet, obviously. <laughs> but I think a lot of fans say that because they compare him to LeBron, and a lot of players want to come play with LeBron mm. due to his play style. Mm. But this is what they have to realize. They also want to play with LeBron because of his success. Mm. Teams, look at the difference. Teams, players were not breaking their necks or trying to go play with LeBron in Cleveland in his first stint because he had not proved he could win anything. He didn't prove that he could be the man. His second stint in Cleveland, they didn't care that they were in Cleveland. They wanted to come play with LeBron because LeBron proved proved that he was successful and he could win championships. I'm not saying that about Luka. I'm saying that about the Mavericks franchise. The Mavericks have to prove that they're still serious about winning and the moves they're making does not show that. So why would players want to come play there if they feel like team ain't serious about winning. I don't care how good this dude is. Right. We're sitting back waiting for a savior. And uh, we're the Justice League at the end of the Snyder Cut. Just waiting for Superman to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, this, like, just call revive Dirk at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, pretty much. Like, we, we're sitting back coasting as a bottom feeder team in the West waiting for a savior to pop up. Jesus Christ. Dog, we got a top five player in the NBA making $8 million a year and we waiting for a savior still. <laughs> Listen to that. Yeah. Terrible. It's, it's, it's ugly out here. Um, yeah, I think, I think we covered that <laughs> pretty thoroughly. Uh, let's, let's do a quick pause and then, Reese, I'll let you get into your unsung hero. So, I know you uh, 
probably got used to hearing bibs for a while on this ad, but uh, I'm going to take over the reins again uh, to tell you a bit about our ad, our sponsor, Anchor. Uh, back in 2020, during the pandemic, I finally took the opportunity to start my own podcast. The only issue was I had no idea where to start. Um, I didn't have any podcast equipment, uh, no camera, no microphone, you know, uh, any things that you see in a studio. But what I did have was my cell phone, and that's why I discovered the Anchor app. Anchor is the perfect app for new podcasters, for beginning podcasters, for people to start their very own podcast. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, like I mentioned. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. So it's doing most of the work for you. All you have to do is hit play, press record, and get your work out there to the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And the best thing of all, Anchor is totally free. And on top of it being free, you can acquire your own sponsors like the ad I'm doing right now through Anchor. So you have an app for free that you can possibly make money off of. Seems like a fantastic deal to me. If you're interested in starting your own podcast with the Anchor app, Make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Tell them Reese sent you. All right, welcome oh. back <laughs> <laughs> to the Outsiders Pod. Uh, Maurice, go ahead and take it away with y'all, son hero. Uh, okay, so, okay, whatever. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Mavs unsung hero of the week. Goes to three separate people. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Indiana Pacers, and the New Orleans Pelicans. For showing us what's actually wrong with this team. It's a difficult job, but somebody's got to do it. And I appreciate y'all for giving us that much insight. I truly do. Hopefully, the Dallas Mavericks uh, analyze the situation and fix it moving forward. I don't expect it. But I'm holding out hope because I love this team. Now, I'm going to kick it to my brother Bibbs for his weekly four caps. Bibbs? Thank you for that, Reese. Uh, you went outside the box there for your uh, unsung hero. I like it. <laughs> uh, but we're going to move into the weekly forecast. Uh, we've got four games on the docket this week. We're starting out in OKC tomorrow, or I guess today, because this is releasing on Monday, right? <laughs> uh, OKC without Shea, without Horford, without Lou Dort. Uh, we know that we should win that game. We, sh- we hopefully have Luka back. Uh, n- neither Luka nor KP on the, the injury report. But we've lost to this team before when we thought we were going to beat them. And Moses is looking like Moses Malone out there. So, uh there's no telling what's going to happen in this game. Like I said, you, you want to say you expect to win, but you never know with this team moving forward. And on Wednesday, we're going to face Boston. 
a team that uh, just made some big moves and they're desperate. You can see a little bit of frustration with that team and they've got all-star talent. So again, another game where the team hasn't performed, but they could easily beat us. Uh, Moving to Friday, we've got the New York Knickerbockers. And uh, we know that's a tough matchup for us. Uh, Swept us last year. They come back stronger this year. And there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. Uh, Can the Knicks keep their run against the Mavs alive and help their draft pick stock? Uh, You know they're going to be working for it. And then we have Washington on Saturday. So that means that's a back-to-back, folks. That means that one of those games, Kristaps Porzingis is not going to play. There's the potential that Luka Doncic could also sit because our team is dumb as fuck and wants to rest a 22-year-old. So we we don't know. We we may sacrifice that game, and it could be a really ugly week. We'll see if the optimists can hold on to that optimism after this one. And uh, back to you. Uh, Thank you for that forecast, Bibbs. Yeah, I mean, unless we really have anything else to speak on any other uh, small points anyone wants to bring up. I think that's mostly it. We really hit all of the topics. It moves smooth too. This was probably the smoothest one of the uh, episodes has ever gone without uh, us forcing anything. I didn't have a segue all episode. I mean, we brought on some some good some good basketball minds, so I definitely appreciate the guests. If, is there anything that any of y'all need to plug, or anything that y'all wanted to say before y'all got off here? Uh, uh, I guess I, uh, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, my fault. My fault. Go ahead. Go. Ahead. go. No, I was just going. I was just going to thank Bibbs and uh, Reese for bringing me on here. Like I said, I never did a podcast before, so this was fun. Definitely a good discussion, and uh, yeah, I appreciate the invite. Of course, of course, no problem. Like I said, uh, like I told you when you said you hadn't been on one, it's just like conversation. It came natural. Uh, you, If you never said it, no one will probably be able to tell you never did what before. You uh, <laughs> did so well. So, you know, uh, you know we got you on for more in the future. Get your wraps up. Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on as well. Now I like talking hoops, so... Any chance I get, I kind of jump at it. So, yeah, it was a fun discussion. Enjoy talking to everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, man, I will just kind of thank you all for having me on. First time I've ever been on a podcast. Um, I I appreciate it. But I am going to use this because of one of the other hosts. You know, I've been trying to talk her into – doing a podcast with me. So I'm putting Ooh. this out into the ether. <laughs> so now, now it's on record. Now people know other than me and her DM conversation. So <laughs> I, I heard her voice. I think the chemistry is good. So uh, yeah, I'm going to try to guilt her into it. <laughs> I, I mess with it. I mess with it. If it happens, y'all got to bring us on. I'm here for it. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. So Again, I thought we had a great panel, uh, some good chemistry. Uh, if you're not following these people, you need to be some of my favorite Mavs voices on the timeline. You know what you you're going to get. voices on the timeline, babe. Man, you know what? You can actually now. That's how we, we got your Baltimore accent exposed on the timeline. With the <clears throat> Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh, so again, some of my favorite uh, Mavs tweeters. Is that better for you? Uh, on the timeline, uh, follow them at Glenn 
J and that's G L E N, not two N's, just one. J R nineteen eighty eight. Um, S J basketball, the number eight, and D M P. That's D as in dog, money prince, T H E, one S T D M P the first. So make sure you follow these people. Uh, if you listen to this podcast all the way through, you know what you're getting with them. Um, and of course, as always, follow myself at Bibbs Corner and Reese at Mind of Reese. Anything you need to add, Reese, before we get up out of here? Uh, nothing. Just the same as usual. Uh, like I said, follow me on Instagram at Mind of Reese. Trying to get my followers up on Instagram. Uh, find the Mind of Reese podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Uh, it's kind of slow right now. Uh, working on scheduling difficulties because one of the co-hosts just got a new job that requires a lot of hours. Mm. So we might be going to one episode a week now as opposed to two, which, you know, isn't what I wanted, but we're going to make it work. Uh, other than that, oh, also, check out uh, the Saturday Night Jive podcast. I was just a guest on there last night with uh, Josh and Nick. I can't remember their Twitter handles off the top of my head, but if uh, if you're tapped into the MFFL community on Twitter, you know who they are. Uh, Saturday Night Jive podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. All right, and that Twitter handle is at Night Jive for the podcast at least, so uh, if you're trying to find them. Uh, definitely a, a wild conversation. I did listen to a good bit of almost all of that today. I got to finish it. Um, but yeah, that's it for us, folks. This is the Mavs Outsiders podcast. We accidentally brought on three technical outsiders. Uh, <laughs> didn't even realize it, but it worked. Didn't even realize it. <laughs> so again, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I was going to try to get this done in under two hours, but you know, sometimes the conversation <laughs> is going, so it is what it is. Um, know how that go. We'll be back next week with a regular episode after these this four game stretch. Uh, I'm not looking forward to what's, what's about to happen because you you never know. You can't anticipate greatness with this team. So it is what it is. Uh, but until t- next time, peace. Outsiders assemble. <laughs>